the man, the myth, the legend. We got Sullivan Tipton on this week's show. And guys, I am so pumped to have him here and for you to learn from him. We have already heard, for those who are class and session members, we already heard some amazing things. We got Sullivan's disc golf background, how he found the game. He gave us some incredible tips on putting in the wind. And, you know, I've known Sully for a couple of years now, and it's been a pleasure learning from him from a distance, just being able to watch him throw, um, picking his brain over the course of the year and just asking him about different things. And it's been a lot of fun watching him tour and shred disc golf, uh, disc golf courses around the country. Sullivan, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Doing great, man. Good to be here with you. Um, like you said, yeah, I've known you for a couple of years. Uh, we actually went to the same college, which is kind of yeah. crazy. Just didn't um, overlap. Just didn't overlap. I know. <laughs> I know. But yeah, super excited to be here. Awesome. Well, we are glad to have you, man. Like I said, everybody, there's a bonus section. So if you want to go ahead and be a subscriber or a YouTube member, you can check that out and you get access to all of that. This will be the third bonus section that you can check up on. Uh, but for now, let's go ahead and let, uh, let's get into the outline for the show. So like we do when we have a guest on the show, we're going to go over some Discord questions. If you want to ask a pro a question, join my Discord server, link in the bio. We're going to talk about, after that, a couple questions. Uh, we're going to talk about the forehand, and I'm really excited for this. We have not talked about the forehand much on uh, this podcast at all, so I'm super excited to have Sullivan break that down for us. After that, we're going to talk about Sullivan's favorite disc, and I'm super excited to discuss this. It's the Discraft Force. And then we're going to recap the USDGC. Sully's had a few weeks to kind of mull over it, that experience that he had there. I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, Sullivan. So the first question that I want to ask you, and this actually comes from Ryan uh, over on my Discord server, Ryan KBDG. He has a couple questions. The first one is, and this is where we'll start, which non-major would you want to win the most? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, I'm going to try not to be biased, but it might sound a little biased. Uh, <laughs> I think Ledgestone would be the coolest non-major yeah. to win. Uh yeah, I'm sponsored by them, so it might sound like okay, the win yeah. my sponsored event, but um, it it just Ledgestone just feels like one of those tournaments that's not a major, mm -hmm. but almost feels like it's the same kind of caliber as it. You know, it's got a lot of like big big stages around it. It just seems like it's a major type vibe when you're out right. there playing with with the fans, um, just like the week leading up to it, the things they have going on there at the tournament. It just seems so big. It almost feels like a major when you win it. Um, and the thing that's going on, it just, it's a great tournament. It's phenomenal courses. Um, that would probably be the go-to, um, favorite one to win non-major. Yeah, that is awesome. And I totally, you know, messed up there guys. I didn't even tell you, I was so excited to have Sullivan talk to you guys. I didn't even mention sponsored by Discraft, sponsored by Ledgestone. How about real quick, man, you just run us through, what are some of your sponsors so that you can give them a shout out? Yeah, obviously, yeah. Discraft, Ledgestone, uh, sponsored by Eagles Wings, uh, Project Athlete out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Parker Davis, he runs that, uh, keeps me healthy and fit over the offseason. That's awesome. Uh, I got Ace Bags, they keep my hands dry. They're based out of here in Brooksville, Florida. Um, I tried out a bunch of different bags, and these are the best bags I've, I've felt, and that's why I wanted them. 
um, but they're pretty awesome. And then Cody Larson, um, he gives me a bunch of discs, so I always tell him that he's a sponsor <laughs> and he loves it. That is so, awesome. Yeah, very cool. Always shout him out. Very cool. Well, I love that. Yeah, Ledgestone. Going back to that is a super cool tournament. Up, uh, just a lot of fun. And like you said, they put on such a big show for that. There's so much coming into that week, and you know, it's one of those where. It may not be a major, but all the pros are showing up. They're going to be there. Yeah. So you're really one. It's one of the few tournaments on tour, non-major, that it feels like the field is at its strongest. Like you're going, you may have a few pros here and there who aren't showing up, but for the most part, everybody's going to be there. So very, very cool. Speaking of competing against the pros, every pro has a strength in their game and some weaknesses, but from your perspective, what is a part of the game that an aspiring pro should be working on the most? Uh, given yeah. that everybody's going to have some different strengths and weaknesses, what is something that you think every pro needs to have or that um, somebody should be working on if they want to be a pro? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the easiest answer there that anyone can say is putting. Because mm -hmm. um, obviously, if you're making all your putts, like you're going to be a really, really good player. Um, I think... So I think that's an easy one to say. I'm sure most people are going to say that too. I would say another one that it's probably not thought as much, but I think is a huge deal is your approach game. Um, because if you can limit your approach game from, you know, 30, 25 feet, you know, yeah. some of those like tester putts where it's like maybe 50% for you. Right. Um, if you can limit those to, okay, 10 feet, five feet mm -hmm. to some of those even give me shots. I mean, that's a huge difference. Um putting less stress on you uh, in yeah. a tournament, you know, okay. Having a 10 footer so much easier, so much less mm -hmm. stressful than having a 25 footer. Right. It, and it is, you know, that, that little, you know, 10, 15 feet is such a big difference. Um, especially when you're trying to compete at a super high level. Um, just narrowing that in just a tiny bit, it can make yeah. all the difference in the world. And For I think sure. that's a part that maybe somewhat overlooked sometimes. I think it's a huge part. No, I love that. I was just in Kansas City a few weeks ago for a, a friend's wedding and I got to play and I did a couple rounds there. But the first round I played was the super, super short round. And it was like a lot of the holes were 200, 220 feet and in. And, you know, I've always liked my approach game. I've always felt it's been one of the strongest. But when you're throwing off the tee at that distance, you really mm. start over and over and over. You really start to feel like, Ooh, I need to work on this. So I know coming into the off season for the professional, you know, uh, tier of players, it's the off season. Disc golf never really stops, but for the professionals that off season, I like to think of it that way too. You know, that's something that I'm planning on working on. So I'm really glad to hear you say that. Now, speaking of disc golf skills, I'm really excited to talk to you about um, this next part. At the USDGC, you threw a lot of forehands. <clears throat> we'll get into the details about that a little bit later, but for the actual skill itself, I want you to kind of break it down. You have a powerful forehand. We've played some rounds together, and I've seen you just casually rip a 450-foot, 500-foot forehand. So it's definitely one of your skills. You mentioned um, in the class in, in the class in session portion about wrestling and a baseball background. So I'm wondering if that plays into this a little bit. But First and foremost, why do you like throwing the forehand? And then what are some key components that everybody needs to have in their forehand? Yeah, I definitely tend to go to a forehand a lot of times. Uh, my first whole year of disc golf was all forehand. Did not have a backhand at all. And, you know, I was forehand putters, mid-ranges. 
I throw in a lot of flippy stuff. That, like I like to get that touch and yeah. just kind of like hold it over. And so I'm super comfortable with the forehand. That's pretty much what I grew up throwing most of the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, especially at USDGC, I saw a lot of forehands. Um, to me, it was a lot of like position disc golf, and I can place a forehand like more more controlled than a backhand. Mm. Um, so when you see me at some other courses that aren't necessarily positional golf, you'll see a lot more backhands out of me, mm. but a lot of position playing is forehands because I know I can just pick and choose where I want to put right. it most of the time. Um, but yeah, you'll see a lot of forehands, um, people have different forehands, you know, big reach back, you know, right. I don't really reach back too far, right. but they all have like one thing in common. They may look different, but the same things they have in common, if they're a pretty good forehand, is the timing and that's like with your elbow staying in close to your side and when you're re- getting ready to rotate your hips it's the same way your elbow and your and your forearm are just flowing through at the exact same time like everything is just so in tune at the exact same time like it comes from your core hips and arm at the exact same time it's a bunch of things combined at the exact same time where you get a mm-hmm. bunch of power from and so you find yourself throwing a little bit right left it's either because right. you're opening your hips up a little bit early or your arm is a little bit behind your hips or your mm-hmm. arms in front. Oh, um, so, so you want your elbow and, and your arm, like your forearm coming with your, with your mm-hmm. hips. Yeah. I like it at the exact same time. Everything is coming through at one time. It's like one big, like pop right. and motion. Yeah. If it's like a little bit behind, it's almost like a lag. And I don't really like that for forehands. I like it coming together at one mm-hmm. time, one unique, one same time, one big push. And that's where I get a lot of power from because you don't see me reach back and do this right. big whole wind up. I'm I'm really just right here. Like I'm not going yeah. too far past. Yeah, no, coming I, at the same time. And that's one of the reasons why I love your forehand because I've always kept my forehand form super simple. And I've never I think I have a little bit more of a reach back than you, but it's one of those things where like, you know, I haven't been throwing the forehand as much. And when I go back to it, I think reaching so far back has been messing with my shoulder a little bit. And so you know, as much as this is helping everybody else, I'm excited to be asking you these questions. Cause I'm like, yeah, I was forehand dominant for so long and never had like shoulder pain, but it's been happening again recently. It's just hearing about that timing with <clears throat> the hips and the forearm coming. That is uh, that is super helpful to know. So with that being said, we've kind of touched on that's how you're going to generate your power. How should somebody aim their forehand? <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of times it just depends on like what kind of hole it is, you know, where you're throwing, like if it's an Annie, like, mm-hmm. or a big hyzer. Um, cause I pick different aiming spots, like just in my, in my lane of view, I pick different mm-hmm. aiming spots for what I'm throwing. And so, um, if it's like open field and my target is just way out there, you know, let's just say like 350 feet, um, I'm just going big hyzer um i'm aiming really far left i'm gonna mm-hmm. throw a stable disc most likely and just hanging out way left and high and just let it gradually get there so i like, i like to let the disc do most of the work mm-hmm. and i'll throw out to the general area like i don't know usually I have a spot picked out where i want to hit right um and that's what i try to hit and will yeah, you I think change the way like your body is facing like will you change the angle of your walk up or do you just swing your arm across your body for a hyzer yeah, you'll see me change my my uh, my walk up a little bit, um, especially like if I'm trying to throw out way left. You'll see right. me start from the right of the tee pad mm-hmm. and walk diagonally to the left to get to get this right. left bigger one. And same thing if I'm throwing Annie to the right, I'll start mm-hmm. from the left and go to the right to throw it this way. 
Um, if it's like a wood shot dead straight, right. I'll pad the exact same wind up. I mean, just going straight at it if it's a hydro analyzer. Right. But um, yeah, you'll see me change my the way I walk up to it. Very cool. For sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, before we move on to the discrete, is there anything that you know you wanted to touch on about the forehand? Any final tip on how people can improve their forehand? Um, yeah, I would say, I would say a big way to improve your, your forehand is to either grab a putter or grab like a sole and it, try to control either a putter or a sole on forehand, work mm -hmm. on that, work on like your touch and your ankle control. Cause if you can forehand a putter pretty well or a mm -hmm. sole pretty well, um, you'll see me bust out a sole, um, yeah. sometimes in some wooded courses. Um, if you can get comfortable with those kind of discs on a forehand, it's going to be a lot easier to transition to a more stable disc because it's going to be so, so consistent. Right. Um, so if you can be consistent with like a flippy putter, flipper, flippy mid-range, uh, you'll find it a lot easier forehand your more stable stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Well, there you have it, guys. I think you got everything you need to improve your forehand. Now we just need to get out there, practice, use a, uh, a pitching net, go out to the field, and let's work on these forehands. Now Let's go ahead and let's get into our disc review, which is also sponsored by OTB Discs. That's a different sponsor we got here. OTB, I've been with them for three years now. It's been awesome. Uh, they have all the discs in stock that you could want, including the disc that we are reviewing today. Now, they don't got Sullivan Tipton forces, <laughs> but they do have all the other kinds of forces that you can have out there and bunches of, and all the different kinds of plastic that Discraft comes out with. But uh, yeah, so let's get into it. So the Discraft for Sullivan is a 12 speed, five glide, zero turn and three fade disc. Um, distance driver, overstable. And that's pretty a wide rim driver. What are your thoughts on it? We saw you throw it a lot at USDGC. You've thrown them for years. What are kind of your thoughts on it? And when are Sully forces coming back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Discraft forces has been my go-to. It's just a driver for, for a long time now. Um, they're just super consistent and just the feel. I can really get them to go a long way. But yeah, the two that you'll see me throw a lot are these like Z-Glow or Z-U-V forces. These runs right here are like super, super beefy. So these are some windy ones, big turnover flexes. Um, this is actually my run from D-Glow this year. Nice. Um, you can pick these up on Ledgestone if y'all want. But then the one that y'all see me throw just pretty much every shot with at USDGC were these uh, runs right here. These are actually mm. um, some ESP Super Pop Top um, lightweight forces. So that's probably what a lot of people didn't know. These are actually lightweight forces around 166 to 68. And these are like my bomber, bomber forces mm. right here. Um, with them just being a little bit lighter weight, um, they're not as stable. Um, they're stable for being lightweight, but, um, you'll see me do a lot of hydro flips, especially yeah. on like hole 12 at USDGC or even hole like 15. Um, you'll see me throw some big hydro flips with these and I get a lot of turn, a ton of glide out of these. And these have been like a go-to for sure for me. And, um, yeah, I'm super glad I had these in my bag that yeah. week because uh, they helped me out a ton um, but yeah ESP lightweight don't be afraid to go lightweight just because you don't want to say you throw lightweight stuff because all the pros <laughs> throw the max weight stuff that is so, true. so that is very false um, most of my disc or most of my distance drivers are actually lightweight ones because um, yeah. I get the most 
yeah. caught most distance from them. So don't be afraid uh, to awesome. go down. Just wherever you, whatever you can throw better. It doesn't matter what, yeah. what weight they are. So how many forces do you bag for like a normal <laughs> round? Yeah, um, for a normal round, <clears throat> forces are the only distance driver I throw in my bag. Um, so I'm not – so I have a, probably a little bit more than most people. So I, I keep about six forces mm. in my bag. Wow. Um, possibly even seven depending on the course. Um, a couple, a couple of them are almost identical. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just feel for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they might do the exact same. Some of them just feel just a little bit different for me. Uh, and so I feel more confident on just certain holes with, with a couple of them, but yeah, I have like three of these lightweight forces in my bag. Uh, this one's my most beat in one. And so then I have like a middle beat in one and a suit and like a brand new one usually. Right. And same disc, but just different stability sometimes. And so, um, I usually keep about six or seven in there just because that's the only distance driver I throw. So I don't have to like battle with like a nuke or a venom. I don't have to, I'll just go to a different kind of force. And the hand feel is going to be all the same, just different stability. So I like that. I'm a big, big proponent of layering. Now you mentioned something pretty interesting about these lighter weight forces in the 166 to 168. And this was something, this is going to be part of a quasi USDGC recap here as we're coming up on time pretty soon. Um, like, like we've both said, you threw a lot of forehands, you like them for placement, you like them for the control, you can obviously get a lot of distance with them. And I don't know if this was maybe based on this conversation now an error on Jomez's part. But one thing I was wondering, is that whenever you would tee off, Jomez now does like with the disc, you know, this year and last year, I think they've been showing the disc that's being thrown off the tee. Yeah, for you, they said a lot of Z light. So I'm thinking here, is this like 155 gram force that he's throwing? <laughs> um, is maybe that a mis- mislabeling? But I'm just kind of wondering, um, uh, why'd you opt for that light force if that is you know what you were throwing? Yeah, no, that's a mislabel. I don't have an easy light in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Maybe, no, maybe it was uh, just the lightweight ESP then that you were throwing. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, they're lightweight. They're lightweight. They're not Z light. Z light is like 150 stuff. Yeah. No, okay. I don't throw those. Um <laughs> yeah. No, these are these are still stable. They're just a little bit lighter. Um, but just because it's a lightweight disc doesn't mean it's gonna be just crazy flippy. Um, you'll still get some if you buy this run, you can still have some really, really stable lightweight forces. But I just when I have a lightweight force in my hand, I can just really torque on it really, really hard. And if they're stable, they will flip and have a really, really good finish. Um, to me, it just seems seems a little bit more controllable for me sometimes, um, especially for distance shots. It's right. more distance with less effort for me for like the lightweight that. forces. I like that. You know, as I've been slowly dabbling into bagging some uh, distance drivers in my bag, and not even like 12 speeds, but looking more like the 10 – 10, 11 slot speeds, like looking for something that's lighter um, and and still having, you know, being able to control that kind of weight. And this is, so I love yeah. that. I uh, love to hear that e- even pros who can throw really far are still doing the same thing because it just maximizes it. It yeah. also takes it easy on your body a little bit instead of hucking a 175 <laughs> gram, yeah. you know, halo destroyer. Um, very cool. So Guys, if you want to pick up a uh, a Sullivan Force, you got to wait for some more to come out. I think unless they're still in stock on Ledgestone. Yeah, yeah, you can pick up these UV forces right here. Sweet. 
Um, these are still on Ledgestone. Uh, the first ones are out, but these from Glow are still available if you want some. Sweet. These are going to be your more stable forces. Um, be really good in the wind. These are really yeah. beefy, so if you want a beefy force, these are great, and I love the UV glow. Yeah, this is my favorite really kind cool. of. It's my favorite kind of plastic right here. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you, you guys want to, yeah. So if you guys want to pick one of those up, head to ledgestone.com. And if they're sold out by the time you get there, or you're wanting something uh, not as beefy, you can head to OTB and pick up a Discraft Force as well. But now I want to touch a little bit more on USDGC for you, man. I got to say, it was awesome watching you for three rounds on Lee Card coverage. Um, like you talked about in the interview, first time having that experience, especially at a major. Um, one thing I got to say that was just really cool to see is that even though the final round didn't quite go the way that you were hoping it would go, you had a positive attitude no matter what your score was, man. Whether you were taking a bogey, double bogey, or getting a birdie, after you played the hole, it, it's like you couldn't, I couldn't tell, oh, he just birdied or he just bogeyed. You had such a positive attitude that was just consistent the whole time. So I want you to know, like, people are watching, people are looking and seeing that, and it's super encouraging. But go ahead and, you know, take the floor here. We got a couple, uh, about two minutes left. Uh, you know, using Zoom for free kind of <laughs> kind of messes us up a little bit. But go ahead and just walk us through, like, what that experience was for you at uh, at USDGC. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great experience. I mean, lead card, final day, three rounds. I had nothing to complain about. Uh, it was a little windy that day. It made it a little rough. But... Um, I surprisingly uh, had a bunch of fans I'd never met before out there. That's that awesome. Were, they kept screaming my name the whole time. Like, <laughs> I'd have a little tap in one, and they're just like, yeah, go sell it. I'm like, all right. You know, it kept me smiling the whole time. So it was it was super fun. Um, yeah, I was just super blessed just to be out there just playing. Um, it was a great opportunity. I didn't want to complain about a single thing where I was at. Yeah. Uh, I told myself, okay, I want to really place top 20 this week. And right. I, I, I was doing that. So I wasn't going to complain about anything. Um, but it was, it was just a great week. I was just super blessed just to be out there playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, first time Lee Carr, Joe Mez, um, I was just stoked about that. Just you aced as well. Yeah. Uh, it's not spoilers now. It's been all over the internet, guys. You yeah. aced as well at USDGC while on Lee Card. I mean, you were having an awesome week, man. Yeah, no, it was great. And then finishing the last round with like getting the la three of the last four with mm -hmm. almost acing hole 17 in the last yeah. round. Um, it, yeah. it was a great experience. Um, can't complain about anything. I loved it the whole whole time. That is awesome. Well, if you guys haven't, if you didn't watch it live, you, uh, Jomez does have post-produced coverage on their channel. You can catch all of it. But if you want to see Sullivan, check out rounds two, three, and four the final round you can see him on there and here you know uh big sexy barry i think is what they're called now with all three <laughs> of them you can hear them talk about sully um a lot of fun dude it was so much fun having you on the show um i know we had some scheduling conflict over the last few weeks i'm just glad we were able to do this i really enjoyed having you here so guys if you want to go and support sully head to discraft head to ledgestone head to his other sponsors i'll put some links in the description so that you can support him and be on the lookout for this upcoming season. All right. So that's all I have for you today, everybody here at Teach Play Disc Golf. We do a couple of things. First, go out this week and teach someone how to play, encourage them, take someone new to the course. Make sure you go out and play some disc golf yourself and uh, have fun this week, everybody. Mm -hmm.